You are listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today's talk comes from Pastor Jeff Mose. How many of you ever ask you this question? How many are done with your shopping? Any of you all done? Yeah, good. And how many of you are heading to Target as soon as it's over because you're just getting started? Yeah, my people will pray for you as you head. Isn't it true that all of us at some point in time have gotten a gift somebody gave us that disappointed us? Now be careful, don't look around, don't elbow anybody. But we've all gotten a gift that has disappointed. So here's what I wanna do for you tonight. I wanna give you in the year 2022, the top five worst gifts. I want you to look at these gifts. I want you to see if you bought any of these, put them under the tree. Maybe you can hurry home, beat everybody, get them out of the tree and throw them away, if you will. Here's the five worst gifts that you can give in the year 2022. First of all is cleaning supplies. Men, this probably depends on you more than it does on the wife. Maybe at some point in time, your wife said, it'd be nice to have a new vacuum, it'd be nice to have a new mop. Do not buy it for Christmas. She might take that mop and use it on you. Don't do so. Number four, the worst gift is anything related to weight loss. In other words, a bathroom scale, a gym membership, a year's supply of diet shakes, don't get it. Or you might be sleeping on the couch in 2023. Third worst gift then is a Christmas sweater. Can we be honest about this for a moment? I appreciate people Christmas enthusiasm, but here's the reality. Christmas sweaters look good on no one. There is never a good occasion to wear a Christmas sweater period, end of story. Oops, looks like I may be a little bit late for some of you here tonight. Worst gift number two is a fruitcake. No explanation needed. And the top worst gift to give in the year 2022 is a picture of yourself. Listen, I recognize how handsome you are, but Christmas is about other people. It's not about yourself. And unless you are Brad Pitt or Jennifer Aniston, do not give a picture of yourself. Now, making sort of honorable mention list, if you will, is soap on a rope, underwear, socks, or anything you regifted because you didn't like. Hurry home. Some of you are going to remove these things from the tree. But here's the reality. Isn't it true that worse than getting a gift that disappoints is when you come to Christmas time and you recognize your life sort of disappoints? We're walking with a family right now that has been diagnosed with cancer and it feels sort of like this wet blanket over the Christmas season. We know of a family spending their first Christmas without a loved one, the patriarch of the family, and they recognize that around the Christmas table, there's gonna be an empty chair. It's difficult for them. Maybe for you, you've got a loss of a job. Maybe your company has moved far away and you're struggling with the decision should you go and you know that there's financial issues involved. Maybe for some of you, you're beginning to recognize as people are opening up presents, you're sort of adding it together, cha-ching, cha-ching, and you're recognizing January is going to come and the visa bill is due, and you're recognizing you just don't have enough. Maybe for others, if you look around and you recognize there's some families, when they post on Instagram, it feels like they've got it all together, and you look at your Christmas family, and it looks a little bit more like a Jerry Springer Christmas to you. Isn't it true that all of us are struggling with fear and with anxiety? All of us are sort of working to somehow make it. Every single one of us is wrapping presents. We're cleaning the house. We're baking food. We're trying to get everybody to grandma's house on time. And we're filled with anxiety. We are filled with tension. 
Do you know when Jesus came on the scene, it was a time of tension as well? In fact, some 700 years before Christ came to this earth, a prophet by the name of Isaiah, who was laboring under the darkness of this world, said, listen, this is a very difficult time. But I want you to know as he starts in chapter nine, nevertheless, a light is dawned. And then he gives us this prophecy. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders and he shall be called what? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. For a few moments, I wanna talk about this idea of Jesus being our prince of peace. When I was a young boy and I was growing up, I remember my mom and dad would take me to church on Christmas Eve, much like you're doing right now. We'd sing together some favorite Christmas carols. I'd listen to the pastor talk about this little baby Jesus. And then at the end of the service, because there wasn't a fire marshal yet, we would actually light candles, hold them high in the air, and we'd sing together silent night. And I remember even as a child, it felt incredibly peaceful. And I thought in the midst of this moment of peace, why can't it last some 365 days a year? The story of Christmas is actually found in Luke chapter two. It's the story of an angel who appears to the shepherds. And the angel says what angels always say, hey, listen, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David, that is Bethlehem, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, she says. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then the scripture says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace on whom his favor rests. Isaiah told us that this Jesus was gonna be our prince of peace. And now the angel tells us that when Jesus comes, he's gonna bring peace. But if you look at the very first Christmas story, you're gonna recognize you see anything but peace. Here is a young girl by the name of Mary, maybe 13, 14 years of age, and she's found to be with child, but her fiance Joseph is not the father. Can you imagine the embarrassment? And Joseph has in mind that he's just gonna sort of quietly divorce her, get away from this scene, get away from this scenario. But he follows through. And eventually it comes time when a census is taken that Joseph, because he's of the house and the line of David, has to make his way from Nazareth where they lived all the way to Bethlehem. It's about a four or five day journey by a caravan, usually riding on donkeys. Ladies, can you imagine what it'd be like to be nine months pregnant, riding on the back of a donkey for four or five days? I took Beth to the hospital in La Honda Accord. We rode over a bumpy road. That was difficult enough for both of us. Can you imagine being on the back of a donkey? And now when they arrive, she's about to give birth in pain and all that is going on. And Joseph needs to find a place for them. And even Motel 6 had already turned off the lie. He eventually negotiates some sort of a deal to be able to get her to a stable, more likely a cave. 
Can you imagine being the husband, making your way back to the car, making your way back to the donkey and saying, I got good news and bad news. The bad news is I forgot to make a reservation. The good news is if you give me a moment to sort of sweep out the manure, we've got this beautiful stable that we can be in. And then comes the moment that Mary begins to give birth. No epidural. Ladies, can you say no epidural, no peace? Can you imagine how difficult it was on this young couple? And now they have their first child and they hear that Herod, who is angry, jealous of Jesus, now makes a decree that all male babies under the age of two are going to be destroyed. So they flee toward Egypt. Can you imagine being there in Herodium where Herod had gathered over top of Bethlehem, hearing the pains, the screams of moms as their little boys are killed? This is anything but a time of peace. Fast forward to today's day and age, we struggle with a lack of peace in our lives as well, don't we? Divorce is on the rise, not only among Christian couples, but couples that don't know Christ. It's actually about 50-50. People nowadays are heading to mom and dad's house for Christmas, then making their way over to the other parent's house for Christmas. They're struggling all the time, never feeling as though they spend enough time. They recognize that they make more money than they've ever made before, but for some reason, it just doesn't seem to go as far. They gather together in the mall. They look as they gather together for presents, and everybody's angry. Everybody's frustrated. In the year 2022, did you know that there were 611 mass shootings? The one that rocked the world more than any other was at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas, where 19 children and two teachers were killed. We watch on the television and we see Russia who has invaded Ukraine and we see the waste of senseless lives, all that is going on. And we say, in effect, Jesus, if you were to be the Prince of Peace, Jesus, if you were the one who came to bring peace, then what happened? Did Jesus somehow fail? Well, in all honesty, it depends on how you define peace. If you divine peace as the lack of anxiety or no problems in your life, that is not what Jesus came to bring. Not until you and I get into the presence of God forevermore, but in the midst of this fallen world, what he came to bring was an internal peace, something from the very inside out that no matter what is going on in the world around us, there is still this centered peace. Because Jesus, Isaiah tells us, is actually the prince of peace. In the Hebrew, the word prince of peace is sar shalom. Sar meaning one who is in charge, chief or general, if you will. Shalom, you know, is a common greeting among Jewish people. It means rest or tranquility or wholeness. So it's saying in effect, listen, Jesus is the one who is in charge of our rest. Jesus is the one who is the Lord of our tranquility. Jesus is the general over the completeness, the wholeness of our lives. But people, until you and I make a decision, we're going to step under the lordship of Jesus Christ. You and I are never going to experience that kind of peace. It will always be something that eludes us until you and I come to the end of ourselves and we make a decision. We're going to yield our lives to the prince of peace. Tonight, I want to remind you that this little baby was born in the manger that was given the name the prince of peace came to give you two things. First of all, the Prince of Peace came to comfort you. Anybody here tonight going through some difficult times in their life that actually needs a God who comes alongside and a God who comforts you? 
Jesus comforting the disciples in John chapter 14 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give. In other words, this is not your peace, your Zen that you somehow create inside of you. This is actually something that I give as a gift to you. Now, how do you get that gift? Well, the apostle Paul tells us that we get it through prayer. Paul says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be anxious about anything. But in everything, he says, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, I want you to make your requests made known unto God. In other words, I want you to pour your heart out to him. I want you to tell him your struggles. I want you to tell him your difficulties. I want you to tell him your pain. And then when you do, here's the promise that comes from God. When you do, a peace that transcends all understanding is actually going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. People, even followers of Jesus go through pain and difficulty in this world. But their promise, there is this peace that comes from the inside out to handle even the most difficult circumstances in life. People, I have stood by some who have gone through some great tragedies in their life, loss of children, loss of a loved one, been diagnosed with a terminal illness, but for some reason, there is a peace that surpasses all understanding that guards their heart and their mind in Christ Jesus. People, you may never realize how good God is until you realize how difficult life is. And there is one who is known as the Prince of Peace who wants to come alongside of you in the difficulties of life and he wants from the inside out to provide you peace. But not only does this Prince of Peace provide for you comfort, I want you to know he's also the one who saves you. You recognize that salvation comes through the Prince of Peace, don't you? In the book of Romans, Paul says, therefore we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we have peace with God? Through our own effort, through our own righteousness, through our own goodness, trying to work a little bit harder? No, through faith. Faith in what? Faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ that when you and I come to the end of ourselves and when you and I make a decision, we're gonna yield and surrender our life to Christ for the very first time, you and I have salvation for the very first time, you and I have the grace of God lavished upon us. You often don't think about this, but the reality is outside of Jesus Christ, you and I are actually at war with God. Because God is holy and you and I are sinners, because you and I mess up, because you and I fail, because you and I do things that are wrong, the reality is this, you and I are at war apart from Jesus Christ with the holiness of God. Now, some of you are gonna say, wait a minute, Jeff, don't, don't tell me that I'm a sinner. Well, let me just ask you these questions for a moment. How many have ever told a lie in your life? Any of you ever told a lie, even a white lie? Yeah, elbow the person next to you and say, you big fat liar, you have too lied before. How many of you at some point in time have stolen something? Maybe a stamp from work, maybe a paper clip, maybe somebody's reputation through gossip, maybe you've stolen from the tithe that belonged to the Lord. We've all stolen, haven't we? And how many of you have looked at another person lustily? Don't raise your hand right now, I don't wanna know that. But the reality is this, the scripture says, if any man has lust in his heart, he's already committed adultery. So here's what I would say to you. Every single one of us is a lying, thieving adulterer. Welcome to Sunnybrook Community Church where we try to make you feel better about yourself. 
But people, that's the very reason that Jesus came. Because you needed a Savior and I needed a Savior. The Scripture says God so loved the world, every single one of us, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. When Jesus was born, he's born of a virgin, so he didn't inherit a sin nature. He was also mighty God, so he had the ability not only to forgive, but to forgive an infinite amount of people, and he wants to forgive you today. And the scripture would remind us that if you and I are willing to come to this Prince of Peace and you and I are willing to yield our life, he'd like to become Savior and Lord. He'd like to give us his peace. That's why Paul says, but in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar away have been brought near through the blood of Jesus Christ for himself, he himself, is our peace. He's made peace between you and the holy God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. And now as you and I step into the lordship of Jesus Christ, you and I can receive peace as well. People, that's what Christmas is all about. It's why we celebrate the birth of this one who is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, but he's also the prince of peace. Tonight, I want to remind you as we celebrate together his birth, this was a holy night. This was a night divine. And as a result, you and I as his followers are now to fall on our knees and receive him, surrender our lives to him, and come to know Christ as a savior and Lord. If you were encouraged by today's talk, check out our Sunnybrook Unscripted podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. For other talks, videos, and live gatherings, rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Download the Sunnybrook Church app or visit us at sunnybrookchurch.org. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.